0: I'm running out of time I need a doctor Call me a doctor I need a doctor, doctor To bring me back to life I
1: the world I- Welcome back to another episode of the Faithful Fanatics Podcast I'm your host, Dylan Davis, joined by Gint, Snap, and George Ryder. Uh it's great going to be a fun opening episode. music.
2: Great opening music.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of depressing, guys. So but it's gonna be a fun episode. We have Phillies reporter Frank Close joining us in just a few minutes. Uh the Sixers and, and it are back and it's NBA opening night tonight. Um and the Flyers are back looking like nothing's changed since the last time we saw them on the ice. But there is some sad news, so we'll try. To, we'll get more positive as the show goes on, but as of right now, uh, things are not looking too good for the Phillies, guys. First, they start out losing two of three to the Miami Marlins once again, who seem to still have our number. And then it comes out that the Marlins took a little trip in Atlanta to the club and brought the coronavirus up north to Philadelphia. No Phillies players have tested positive yet, but a coach has and a clubhouse member who wasn't even in the Miami locker room, so that's kind of scary about how he got that if he brought it from somewhere else. So now the Philly season has been temporarily shut down for now. Um, it was postponed till Saturday for a doubleheader against Toronto. Now this weekend's canceled as well. Um, how are we feeling about the MLB so far, guys? <laughs>
3: I mean, MLB all around, it's been great, but uh, Phillies, of course it had to happen to us. Of course we had to start out with the Miami Marlins. Of course they had to go out and party and get a bunch of COVID cases before the series. It sucks. It sucks. We also lost two or three to them to start, because now we're just sitting here with a a terrible taste in our mouth, just waiting for the next game. Hopefully we bounce back. Hopefully we actually play some games soon. I mean, this weekend just got canceled, so that is just a dampener in things. We'll see what happens, I guess, right? The Marlins should be should be disqualified. It sucks.
2: Right? Absolutely. I agree. absolutely 100 absolutely. At first, I was gonna. I was more on the train of like, all right, they didn't know. Yeah. But then when they went out, when you when found you, out they went out. They, no, and there was apparently a group chat yeah, the, like before the game. On if they were oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they yeah, had yeah, a whole yeah. vote on. Yeah. Oh, maybe we can keep this low and just play. And then like you have Philly. I mean, the Phillies saying, knew about that. Like they that, said that they were like acting sketchy the whole time. So it's like. But here's
1: my thing, right? So the NFL has rules in place right now where players, coaches, whoever you are, you will be suspended, you will get in trouble, you will be fined if you are caught going out. Like, you're allowed to go out and get takeout food this year and whatever. But you cannot go to a bar, you cannot sit in at a restaurant, you can't do whatever. The MLB has nothing in their in their 100 and, what, one-page memo about their rules. So the Miami Marlins you know the players were saying we're ready we're ready just tell us when and where tell us when and where you get back and then i don't know, i don't even know why they were they did they play in atlanta for a scrimmage before the opening day started is that why they were in atlanta or That's did they just they, go up from miami
3: i i have no clue honestly
1: i don't know i forget why they were in atlanta but right before the season starts you go as a group to strip to a strip club you know how are you and so then and then 17 over half of your roster is gone.
3: You know what's going on in like the world too, and how fragile baseball is, or any sport really, at this time. It's like that was just irresponsible, and they're really, really it shouldn't sucks it for be allowed bas- to play. It sucks for baseball, and now it's now now,
1: now as being Phillies fans, it's hitting us because the shittiest part is we're sitting here talking all week about. I don't know how the Phillies are going. I mean, I think the Phillies are going to still play. I think they're going to find a way to make up games, play a couple double headers. They might not get the six a couple of the six days off that they were supposed to have in the sixty games. Um, but we're sitting here like wondering, okay, well, what's this mean for us? Because, especially because the Phillies as a team have done nothing wrong. They have, they didn't go to a strip club. They weren't out doing what they weren't supposed to, putting other people at risk. And no players have even tested positive yet. That's the worst part about it.
3: The worst part is we're, we're okay. We didn't do anything wrong. It just so happens that we had to start the season out with the Miami Marlins.
0: Yeah. It's just a very unprofessional, absolutely unprofessional move. And we're paying the price over, which is absolutely horrible. Last week, literally, we're all sitting here talking about how much how excited we were for this season. And here it goes. All
1: right, guys. Well, our next guest is on the phone line now. Mm. So, Mr. Frank Close, he is a Phillies reporter and on-air host for, for Sports Talk Philly and 97.3 ESPN. You can listen to him every Tuesday night from 6 to 7 on the Powder Blue Show on 97.3. Frank, uh, how are we doing tonight?
4: I'm great. How are you?
1: Good. Thanks for coming on, man.
4: Hey, no problem.
1: All right, so before we get to the Phillies and the baseball side of things, I have to ask the most obvious question, right? So how worried should we be about the MLB actually finishing their season? Because I know it's looking good so far that no Phillies players have tested positive for the virus, but a coach has it, a clubhouse attendant has it. And, I mean, it only took one weekend for a team to have an outbreak and lose over half their roster and for another to have uh, their season shut down temporarily.
4: Well, I think as long as it's the Miami Marlins and nobody else, baseball will continue. This, This is very different than if you had the New York Yankees or the Boston Red Sox or Chicago Cubs or Los Angeles Dodgers, one of the big market mega teams. Uh, is not going through this. It's the Marlins, and and frankly, not many people care about the Marlins. <laughs> I hate to <laughs> say it that way, but that's kind of the truth. But you know, I think it's. I think in a way, it's good. Not that it's good, but it sounds like there's some rumors that maybe uh, they left their hotel room. A couple players, I don't know how many, uh, and they may have picked this up while uh, in Atlanta, while they were uh, there for a preseason game. And if that is really, really true. That, that they were doing things that they should not have done. Uh, it's a good time to nip it in the bud. Uh, it sounds like the Major League Baseball is getting involved and, and making every team have a compliance officer, and we'll be watching everybody closely. And if that works, they can get a season in. And if they still find that people are messing around and not not following the protocols that are put forth for them, well, that that could lead to disastrous results. So. Uh, in a way, it's it's if it was going to happen, it's good that it happened to perhaps one of the smaller market teams that don't have as big a following and that it was able to enact these new rules, which can hopefully help them just nip it in the bud so you don't have to worry about it anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. It It is good that it happened to a small market team who we no one really thinks has a chance to compete this year anyway. But there's also the part that yeah, it's it's affecting them, but it's also affecting the Phillies at the moment. Now they're going to miss seven games minimum. So there's also the option of the league saying, "Hey, you know, it stinks, but sorry, Miami, sorry Philadelphia, you're shut down." And is that something we should be worried about? The Phillies not finishing their year because it it doesn't seem too fair to me to disqualify a team who has followed the rules and has had zero players test positive so far, but simply that you know clubhouse attendants and coaches are getting it. The Phillies are missing a lot of games, and there's not a lot of time to make them up.
4: Yeah, this is going to be a really tough call. Major League Baseball is probably going to have to basically forgive some of these games if this happens to the Phillies, or if, God forbid, it happens to another team. They're going to have to, as some have suggested, including Joe Girardi, uh, just have a final winning percentage to determine who makes the playoffs. And unfortunately, that means some team might play 60 games, some team might play 56 games, or You know, I think the Phillies and MLB will try to make up some of these games, but you know, when you have seven games down and that leaves you with with only fifty six days to play fifty seven. Well, obviously, you can't do that. I mean, even as it was, there was a stretch where the Phillies didn't have an off day for twenty days. You can't continue like that. So they're going to have to forgive some of these games, and they're going to have to make sure that they uh, that they give other options because this won't work.
1: All right. So there's also um, switching switching things up to the baseball side of things. You know, last week we talked about why not the Phillies on this show because of the additions in the lineup and getting it healthy, Andrew McCutcheon back, and, and bringing in a – World Series champion and Joe Girardi as a manager. You know, I think uh, there's a lot of people out there, myself included, who had high hopes that this lineup could carry this team. And I think we know the potential is there for this lineup. But is I know it's only been one weekend, but we've seen the struggles already. Is the pitching or lack thereof just too much for this lineup to overcome?
4: Well, it depends on how this sort of plays out. I mean, you know, the Phillies are going to have a lot of doubleheaders. That definitely puts them at a disadvantage. There's already talk of expanding the rosters to 30 for the rest of the season because, simply put, the, the teams need the relief uh, given all the stuff that's going on. So, you know, when, when the season began, my thought of the Phillies were that they uh, they will have probably some issues compared to other teams. And, you know, we saw Atlanta lose some players. Uh, in fact, Nick Markakis—he ends up coming back. He he's changed his mind and is no longer opting out for the year. Uh, but the Braves now, Mike Foltynewicz—I had said he didn't look very good—and what do you know? He's actually been designated for assignment by the Braves. So uh, down down in in D.C., you already had Steven Strasburg miss a start already, you know, and they're they're already down Anthony Rendon. So I think the division's attainable. But my my point before this began, and my point now is going to be like in a way, it's a total crapshoot you don't really know how all these COVID procedures are going to affect the team. You know, we've seen Juan Soto um, test negative plenty of times. He's still out. Now um, the bullpen, of course, was exposed in the opening weekend. And I I think we'll we'll see that will help the Phillies is they're going to add Spencer Howard probably before they play another game. uh, And then maybe they'll make some decisions here. And uh, you know, if Howard ends up in the rotation, I think, I think that will, Happen ultimately it's going to basically come down to whether or not Nick Pavetta and Vince Velasquez accept the bullpen role and and really step up in that bullpen role I, I think that's what's going to make or break the Phillies because there's nobody with any players for trade teams are going to be in this until I mean up till the end basically when you have a small sample size like this so Nobody's going to be unloading players. You're going to have to do this with your own players. And for me, once Spencer Howard's in the rotation, the bullpen will be made or break, broken by Vince Velasquez and Nick Pavetta.
0: What's up, Frank? It's again another question I got. Uh, it was a big question coming into the season. Who was who was going to actually play center field? Uh, Hazley got his first start the other day he had four hits. Do you think we'll see more Adam Hazley going forward over Roman Quinn?
4: I think they're going to be contentious letting the two fight over it. I, I usually if if. <laughs> If somebody's playing well, uh, you know, hopefully he'll ride the hot hand. Um, there's, there's a DH spot to work with. Uh, as you'll see, there will be a, uh, some rest days for Andrew McCutcheon. So I, I I can see the mix and matching to make sure that they, they get the most out of both players. And I wouldn't be shocked if some days you see Adam Haseley in the corner and then you see Roman Quinn in center field. So there's, there there are some options here. Both, both look good so far. But I think they're going to let the, the play on the field decide who plays.
3: What's up, Frank? George here. After Vinny V's just awful first start of the season, before all this COVID stuff hit Miami, Girardi said that he would be going on Friday versus Toronto. Do you think he hits the bullpen right when we play games again, or do you think he gives them a few more opportunities to start?
4: Well, uh, the longer this this shutdown plays out, I, I really didn't believe he would get another start. That was my honest take. And, I, you know, I think that the Phillies don't want to, yeah, everybody knows that they're manipulating the service time, right? I mean, that's the worst kept secret in the entire world, right? So, um, so, so when asked after the first start of, about Velasquez, Joe Girardi just had to say, uh, well, yeah, of course he's going to make his next start. He, he can't say, well, yeah, well, we're just manipulating the service time of Spencer Howard, so he will be there soon. Um, I think now that, 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 things are getting more complicated, uh, things, things to change. Um, I like that the Phillies reset back to to Nolan Wheeler uh, when, when it seems like they were going to play this weekend. Um, so I, I think what they're, 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 they're going to have to do now, you know, we thought, you thought a 50, excuse me, a 60 game season was, was small enough. If you're talking a 55 game season, even if they're able to make up a few of these, then clearly you're going to have to make every start count. And I, I think you. You know, if you think Spencer Howard is able to pitch in the big leagues, that's where you put him. Or, you know, if for some reason they give Vince as another start, I think they need to have Spencer Howard right behind him to give a give a long relief outing and then take the job away from him. But, um, I mean, we've 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 had how many years of this? I mean, I I started covering the Phillies in 2016 as all these guys were coming in, and <laughs> it's been the same story every year. You know, so there, there's been no. There's been no relief from from the same story for Vince Velasquez and Nick Pavetta, and uh, I just don't see any reason to let this continue.
3: Do you have any interest in Fultonevich or no?
4: Um, no, and and here's why. I I think all right. So with, so my assessment of Fultonevich, and I said this before the season on air. I I I think the dip in his velocity is probably a sign that something is wrong with his health. And I think that, you know, what what the Braves decided is an indication that that really any team would would be facing the same thing. If you carry him now, if you carry him under these circumstances, he either needs to get it right this year or or what? You know, so it, I don't think he's going to suddenly get his velocity back. I mean, this is a guy that would throw 96 mile an hour fastballs, and all of a sudden he's like 89 this last start. Usually, that's an indication something's up. So I don't think that he's going to be any help in the immediate term uh, for the Phillies or any other team. Now, um, if somebody wants to, to spend the $6.6 million that he's earning this year or whatever prorated amount that is and, and try to work with him for the future, uh, maybe if you're Miami, you just say, sure, go out there and start. We don't have any starters at the moment. Um, it's not going to pay an immediate dividend. And I think the Phillies are not in a position where – they they can give starts to somebody to kind of see if he will work out next year. Because I think with damage that, that that's that's what you're gonna get. And and I don't know if you remember at the end of the brave season last year he pitched that awful, awful playoff start where he gave up like seven runs in a third of an inning before finally being mercifully removed. And at one third it was like a fact bunt. Um he was just getting rocked his last start uh in the playoffs. So I I don't think he's an immediate help and then for that reason I would I would wait it out on
2: on What's going on Frank? It's snap here and we're bashing the pitching right now, but are we overvaluing the lineup? Again, it's only one series, but if you're going to rip the pitching, you have to hold the bats accountable too. And a lot of these a lot of our better hitters haven't really had a great start to the season. Should we be holding them more accountable too?
4: Well, they they hit well enough to win two out of the three. Uh, the first game, yeah, the offense you would have liked to be a little bit better or come up bigger at times. Uh, certainly, uh, certainly, uh, games or game What was the game? They're all running in my head now. They were so long ago. Um, but you know, leaving leaving so many guys on base. I mean, I, I would like to think that that's not going to be a regular occurrence. Too many of them are too professional off hitters that have been in this league way too long. So I, I don't see that being a long-term problem. Now, the sample size is very, very small. Let's not forget that they came off of this, this summer camp where they really weren't facing much live pitching. Um, and I think it's fair to say that the Phillies and every other team kind of are at, are at a an at advantage. Now, yeah, some, the Marlins did explode for a bunch of runs, but... Uh, but you know, there's, there's, it's just kind of unpredictable in this small sample size, given what went on. I mean, the Phillies got those few, um, few summer camp games, uh, but, but, but really, it takes a while to get your timing right, and I, I don't think you really get the timing the same if you're if you're hitting, um, batting practice, pitching, or if you're hitting off a machine. So, uh, I, I have enough faith in the veterans, like like the McCutcheons and the Harpers. I saw, some, actually, McCutcheon, was pretty funny. You called out some bozo on Twitter who, who told me he was batting 0, zero, zero for the year. Um, uh, it was kind of funny. But, yeah, you have know, seen it, that. It, 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 yeah, it's, it, it, get a good laugh. I mean, Andrew McCutcheon is one of my favorite Twitter followers, but uh, but it's still a really, I trust the veteran guys will come around. And, and so far, it's nice to see that the, some of the young guys are stepping up. And let's face it, too, Alec Bohm is probably come into town whenever they're allowed to play again and you'll be able to mix and match him in there as well so um if you have a good problem in center field or the outfield by having Hastley and, and Quinn both giving you quality at bats, uh you have an extra in Jay Bruce that could be the DH and Phil Gossett of course you know he, he used to talk he was the talk of the town when there were Phillies games played um you know I think I think I think you got enough talent there uh, offensively and uh, it be up to Joe Girardi to mix and match it to the way that it works best
1: for the team. Yeah, barrels. But um, speaking, of one of the, speaking of the lineup, one guy that has produced through the first series, Didi Gregorius, uh, we know he's immune compromised. So has there been any talk or are you like worried that after this kind of outbreak and being so close to the virus that this might be a wake-up call for him to say, hey, maybe I need to opt out and take myself away from this situation?
4: I ha- I haven't heard anything like that. If anything, I think I think it will make his teammates appreciate that more and be extra careful. Uh, I think I think Didi made it clear by you know he he had a custom made mask that was a high quality mask. You know, as as we've probably heard a lot on on TV the last several months that you know um, often a person wears a mask to protect others. Uh, the masks that protect the person wearing them usually are the ones uh, you know people working in hospitals and stuff like that and um you know they're they're higher grade and usually reserved for them. But I think we're at the point now where, where they can have these custom made masks that are that are breathable enough that, that offer some protection and but but ideally if everybody wears it then you know the mask will protect DD or protect anybody else from somebody else unknowingly have having a virus. Um uh, uh- you know, hopefully, hopefully, I will say this. Hopefully, a lot of the Phillies who had it already, hopefully, they have some antibodies and they they won't be in a position to infect anybody else too.
1: All right, Frank, I got one more question for you before I let you go. Um, fast forward past this weekend, the Phillies come back, they resume play, they're good to go for the year. What is your what is your confidence level that this team can compete, and where do you see them come September, late September, October?
4: At this point, I'm still I'm still in the mindset that they have. They could pull it out, but I think it's still a crapshoot. I, I really don't know. I really don't know how these players will respond. I really don't know how they're after this long layoff. They could possibly uh, be sharp uh, for the reasons that I was saying before that they're not necessarily that sharp in this situation. So I, I really don't feel confident in making a prediction anyway. I think it's. I, I think it could go to anybody except probably the Marlins at this point. And. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's going to be who's hot at the right time. It's going to be um, who who has the fewest injuries. And, you know, as we've seen, one small injury is going to be devastating for anybody. So, um, you know, that, that usual little strain that might last four weeks. Well, there you go. That might be season ending for some. We saw that with Justin Verlander. The Astros, you know, had a health issue. That could be it for him. So. Uh, So at this point, it's really hard to make any definitive prediction, but I I think the talent's there, if they can hang in, or better yet, if they play some games.
1: All right, well, thank you so much, man, for coming on. Frank Close, everybody, you can catch him on 97.3 ESPN or Sports Talk Philadelphia. Go give him a follow on Twitter, at Frank Close. Thanks a lot. Go Phils. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks,
4: Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Good chatting with you. All
1: right, guys, so... I don't know. My confidence level didn't really go up at all after that interview. I, w- fi- I will say Phillies this. Back.
3: Ken Rosenthal just tweeted, the MLB and the union are making progress on a deal that would allow for doubleheaders consisting of two seven-inning games. And I that, saw
1: that before, that the Yankees or that Toronto and the Phillies are talking about that.
3: Now they're actually like talking about it for the season. It would be for 2020 only, obviously. But it would. it's because it'll preserve pitching changes, which preserves yeah. new people touching the balls and all that. I That'll guess. Be interesting. I, 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 but Summer when ball. It, when it
1: gets to that point, I just feel like then the game's so diluted. Like we're already making. Like we. Lo- I, I. I do love experimenting in this weird season, but when you when you start taking innings away from games, dude, that's two whole innings you're missing on. If it's a. If that's a three-two ball game, that's technically two whole <laughs> innings you had. Like the, it's so watered down at that point. You
3: know a lot about that with the Brewers, yeah, this week, buddy. Don't, <laughs> don't <laughs>
1: talk about it. Do not talk about it. So many games. So many. All right, but speaking of betting, let's move on. Let's get to more happier times. The NBA returns tonight. Yes. Yes. yes! Oh my God! Snaps awake. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was asleep in the corner.
2: <laughs> you know, you know, this is my number one. I yeah. love sports, but at heart, it's NBA only. NBA. I love it. I love it. I'm so happy the Sixers are back playing meaningful basketball this Saturday. I don't know what that time though. As when, much as two uh, p.m.
3: Two p.m. As much MB. as MB loves Simmons. Yes. <laughs> More that was great. Whoa, earlier. that was great. That was great. Maybe like, what you, you say
1: at 2 p.m.? I think don't think at 2 p.m. so they were at no, nine, they're at seven. Yeah, they're not throwing uh, the they're day at, at all. Seven, Sorry. They're early I'm team. looking right <laughs> at ready. Come on, get um, but Jesus yeah, so Christ. yeah, they come back Saturday, August 1st against the Pacers in the bubble. But we have seen them, it's not the first time we'll see them on the floor, guys. We have seen them for three scrimmage games, they went one and two, but they're scrimmages, and I gotta say, they look great. I don't think they look great to the me. Term to
2: use. They need to figure out these good. these it's the these, rotation. The rotation, yeah. They need to okay. figure out what they're doing with the bench. Everything else looks great. Yeah, no, I but I they look the good. starting lineup looks great. They look good. Okay. Let's put it like that. They because look if they looked great, I would be like, all right, that's definitely a backup lineup that we can put out there that's gonna get us some points and play some defense. And I'm not sure about that still. What's going on with FurCon? Clearly we bench. need to get into that. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's what it's seeming like. And who's gonna fill that spot? Like Glenn Robinson kind of looks like he's a good fit I don't know now. If it seems like Alec that. I think Burks looks like he's a great fit right now. Al Horford actually looks like he's playing good, which kind of is like, oh well, what the fuck? <laughs> not not in a bad way, but like kind of like, all right, now what are we going to do with yeah. his minutes? Like,
1: <laughs> I still think big, I think the savvy vet gets his minutes, but because I think him and Joel are going to step on the floor a little bit together. But uh, the whole let's start with the Furkan Korkmas thing because that's really it's really the starting five and then Horford. Um, Thiebel, Glenn Robinson, and then it's really who gets the ninth spot, right? So, is it Korkmaz? Is it Alec Burks? To me, well, one, we've all said this earlier, uh, Farquh Korkmaz has no place on a basketball court unless he's hitting shots. He cannot be on the floor if he's not hitting shots. He can't do anything else. And... I hope you're right, Snap. I hope it is like you see it that way, where Alec Burks, who did play well in the summer league, uh, not in, excuse me in the in the scrimmages, is going to get that ninth spot. But Brett loves Furkan, and I just don't know. With as much as we've seen him play this year, I just don't know that he's going to find himself out of the playoff rotation.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, Brett's a huge fan of that triple handoff from a big to a shooter. He ran a lot with JJ Redick. Oh yeah, we know that. So. For fact. <laughs> He loves Furkan Korkmaz in that role. In my opinion, I don't see... Alec Burks is... Everything you wanted in Shake Milton Why you put him in the starting lineup, I think Alec Burks gives you off the bench. So I don't know why you predicate to just a spot up jump shooter sure that can't really play much defense. Alec Burks is a combo guard. He can handle it. He can keep the pace push. Can create so his own shot. Can create his own shot. It's I, I'm a big when we got Alec Burks, so I was I thought he'd have a bigger role than he got in those few same. games that we we had him in the regular season. But so I'd definitely go with the nine you said with Furkan yeah. being the one left off. I mean we're not gonna it's not. It doesn't have to be nine guys. Not everyone's always used nine guys. There's going to be games where we might be beating teams by 20 or if it's 3-0 in the series and you're going to throw some more guys and they'll get more minutes. Where Furkan will probably get minutes. But like you said, Brett's a huge fan, so it's going to be tough to say that he'll just all all of a sudden not yeah, get minutes. Yeah. I,
2: I don't know. It's like it's a little concerning because like this is when it comes down to Brett. Like like this is like, The players look in shape. Everyone looks good. Everyone looks like they're playing their roles. Now it's up to Brett and... When I say up to Brett, I never feel confident about that. So it's a little, it's a little nerve wracking. Cause it, even though it is your starting five is your f- most important players, usually you play nine going into the playoffs. There's four other guys that are going to touch this floor. We have an idea of who they are: Matisse, Al, but. Are we, is it gonna be Burks? Is it like these are the questions and like it's kind of
1: you're gonna find that out over the course of these eight games. But is
2: Brett gonna do the right thing? No, that, no. that's the yeah. thing, no. and that's why it's so like, are we fucked? Like I, I'm not trying to be vulgar about it, but are we fucked because of Brett Brown again? Because like he, like you said, he loves doing that stupid dribble handoff to a shooter with a big guy between a shooter and a big guy, and he he is in love with Furkan doing it because Furkan when he's on he's hot, but when he's not hot. He's useless, literally useless. He can't play he can't defense. Can't be on the court, like that. I just, I completely agree though. Alec Burks has to be
3: in. Has to be in one of these lineups. I feel like Burks would be just so much more consistent than Cork. Yeah. And I feel like that's very obvious. He's a vet but, too, like. But Ben does fucking love Cork Moz. So that's the thing. We will see. Mean Brett. Yeah. What so did I say. Ben. ben. Speaking <laughs> of Ben.
1: ben. <laughs> speaking of Ben, let's get to him, guys, because the first scrimmage he comes out, and he didn't take just one; he took. Two three-point attempts with no hesi, no hesitation. Missed the first one, came up short. I thought, ah, that might be it. Comes back in the second half and nails a corner three, again with no hesitation. And I'm gonna come. I'm gonna say this. We talked to Tyrone Johnson a few weeks ago, and he said that he didn't think. He basically just pushed aside the whole no fans thing, playing a role to Ben Simmons. I, I don't know how you guys feel. I disagree. I think it plays—I think he is—and he's—the article came out that he saw a sports psychologist. It's a lot—people are saying it's—I've said it the whole time. He—I think it's so mental with him, and I disagree that the fan—that the no fans thing plays a—I think it plays a role. And I think it is the best thing that could have—obviously, given the circumstances, it sucks with corona. But I think it's the best thing that could have happened to Ben Simmons without fans.
2: I kind of regressed on that opinion. A little bit because of what, like, him and ben, him and Joel have been saying. Like, Joel was on a podcast, the Ricky, the right to Ricky night. Sanchez, and he was talking about how he was asking, uh, what is it, PR, personal relations, or whoever Public handles, relations. yeah, whoever handles basically the on court yeah. videographs for the for the bubble and him and Ben he mentioned him and Ben have been like really big on getting sixers boos in there from fans yeah. like when they're playing bad so like when i hear things like that like i'm like okay well he kind of wants the fans. Yeah, but, but I like. Think, I think
1: getting noise pumped in is a lot different than having twenty thousand people staring down on you. But every he night. was even
2: first one to come out before and be talking about we like the booze, we need the booze because it turns us up. Like, and that's when I'm. And like the sports psychologist, I think is more of a factor because that they kind of dove. We've gotten more videos of why that was important. Going to there was that video of him shooting with the glove on. Like all that stuff like I think he just actually sat down and realized he needed the jump shot at first I was on the same wave as you are where it was all mental with him like from the fit or like the fans Maybe played a big role in it, but now I think it was just he was just mental himself And now he's starting to come out of it because taking two jump shots We haven't seen that from him ever ever like or two three-pointers We've seen two jumpers in like summer league games and shit like that Mm -hmm. But like we have never seen him take two three-pointers in a game and then he missed one and then took another 3 later and made it. Th- like that's that's the, the that's biggest mental. Part. I mean I don't think it but I don't think it comes down to fans anymore. I think it literally was on him and he's getting over it on his terms. Maybe it helps that there's not as much pressure but like he's a professional athlete. I mean he's been playing in front of crowds for as long as we can remember. The dude played for the national high school championship like 2 years in a row. Like I
3: th- th- he played for LSU, D1 school. Yeah, but school. still he
1: only took what? 3 three threes his fir- his freshman year at LSU.
3: Yeah, but he became a pretty decent shooter. Like, yeah, I uh, know. Yeah.
1: But uh, but you said it, Snap. I think that's the biggest thing. It's not I'm not sitting here obviously asking Ben Simmons to knock down threes. Take the shot, Ben, especially in playoff basketball, when it gets when it gets to half court, it's a half court game. Take the shot because that has been the issue the last two years in the playoffs. I, I, I think he will though. I really so do, do, do think I, I, Honestly, I he
2: did he did in the last two games, but I think he I think he will. I think that first game back it does give me kind of like preseason China game vibes where he made the one and like and then he didn't shoot one until the Knicks, which was upsetting. But like it's kind of giving me those vibes like, all right, I know I I had to do that at first to kind of let the world know I'm shooting it. It was almost like a taste of what he can do. So hopefully it continues moving forward in real games because maybe like he didn't feel the need to shoot them in the other preseason games. I don't know what it was about them scrimmages, but
3: I think you I think we're gonna see him shoot. I hope so. I mean sports psychology can be like really important for players in any sport. Like I feel like Dude, so. Look many... at
0: Markel Fultz.
3: I know <laughs> yeah.
0: that's, A sports psychologist can't even save him <laughs> I even know. I mean, That's, I that's, know that's a
2: physical work. injury yeah, I'm still convinced I mean, that was a uh, physical uh, There were like so many doctors well There season. were so many doctors saying what it really was And that he was misdiagnosed He really
0: did play well this season I hope he does He just well.
2: put up a great video His I shot looks best. back to normal His shot looks back to normal They just put up a video of him draining threes
0: That's true But going back to Ben yeah, no I'm, I like you guys said obviously would love to see him shoot him. I'm not going to say it's not needed cuz it probably is needed and I said when the first time I was here, that I thought this was going to happen. This hightest was, I, I sent a tweet out, literally right when quarantine started, I said, if Ben, if ben Simmons comes back with a jumper, I'll stay in my house till 2022. I just am so looking forward to these games, and I want him to just, I really think he's going to ball out. I think him and Tobias Harris, I tweeted it, pinned it, it's my pin tweet, are going to be the best two players in the bubble. If it's going to be awesome. If
1: Ben Simmons forms a jump shot or a, a three-point shot, He's a top three to five player in the world, and I really don't think it's debatable.
3: Yeah, He's top I five, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, top, has, 10, top ten. Definitely. He just, he he every, top if five. he has a decent jump shot, decent three-point shot, listen, top he has everything 10.
2: you need in a player. Give me yeah. Ben Simmons. Be, see, listen, the dude still can't create a jump shot, all right? He can do it. If he has a jump shot, that's one aspect. He's still not a triple threat player. Give me who you... That's where you you become top five. The top five players in the league all can shoot it off the dribble. They can shoot it off a fadeaway. Can they not? Giannis. All right, but that's just a whole different level because Giannis is just a bigger, longer Uh, pause version of Ben.
0: I just
3: think... Three straight episodes.
0: I mean, you ask every (laughs) single... There's a poll where it's... They asked NBA players who the hardest person to guard them is or who can guard the most players. It was like 99% of the vote for Ben Simmons. So yeah, yeah. Nah, it's like defensively. The defense is not what we're talking about. Every talk, person has just, talked about how he's been this good defensively. Okay, and he's but, already 17 points a game. So now you're going to add a jump shot. I don't see how he's not top five. <laughs> uh, I, I get
2: I get it. He's
0: top ten. I, I'm still keeping him top ten. His
2: no, top ten is really if good. If you're just banging 33% from outside in the on the three wide open, okay. You've expanded your game, but you're not you're hitting fadeaways in no, guys' faces. You're not. I agree. You don't have a whole arsenal in your bag Like LeBron or James <laughs> not, <I'm laughs> not, top, 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 and top 10 would still be awesome I'm not bitching about top yeah, 10, yeah. Yeah, top yeah, 10. Top I'm not bitching about top 10 I'm just so. saying whoa slow down Can you really put him in that category <laughs> Of Kawhi, LeBron and like Giannis And I get it Giannis can't do that either no, But, he's but just Gianni- a yeah, Giannis Giannis takes one dribble from the three point line Next thing you know he's dunking through traffic I haven't seen Ben do that That's an aspect of Ben's game I really want to change He needs to get more aggressive at that rim because he gets really scared sometimes, and he throws that shit away, and I'm really tired of it. Because <laughs> he always tries to make a play. I, I don't get it. There's one thing what you can do, luca, though. He, he can get to the rack.
1: He yes. locked yes. up Luca too. Yeah, what yeah, did that's, Lucas, that's That's his yeah. That really He is. does that every—he's
2: every, done that the whole time luca
0: has been in the league. It's amazing. Pause. <laughs> 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 no, a question—let me ask a quick question. All it's right, back, let's hear it. dating back to Brett Brown. So we saw two years ago when we played Boston— and it was that year it was TJ would get minutes Markel would get minutes and then last year it was like Zaire would get minutes and it would be another guard would get minutes Zaire. and then they would not play so do you think we'll see that with Korkmaz and Burks where it's like one series they'll play 22 minutes a game and then the next series they don't play which I think is a horrible thing it just yes, needs, absolutely. It gets absolutely, guy out of a rhythm absolutely. so you think we not
2: see it yeah because I think he's going to do the whole like oh we gotta you know just make sure you know testing yeah. it just know, good good thing. Everything. instead yeah. of building chemistry and like going with a definitive lineup to actually build chemistry over the next 10 games he's going to do it like a tryout because for some so fucking bad. reason the first three scrimmages weren't enough you know yeah. I, classic Brett Brown move because he's so developmental and I respect the development part of his like coaching ability but like it's also a championship contending team like yeah. we're not developing shit here now like win or go home like let's go like
1: listen the rotation plays a plays a role in this in hopefully a finals round. but to me he has to figure out a way to keep two to three of the starters on the floor together at the same time yeah, it has definitely to you cannot have Ben and four or Toby and four bench players because he's done it in the regular season.
2: If you're gonna have Embiid on the floor, I feel like you need either if you if you're going with the backup lineup. If you have Embiid on the floor, you need at least Tobias or Jay Rich out there. Yes, and if you have Ben on the
3: floor, I think it's vice versa. Okay, I think Simmons it's funny. and, and B looked really good for these the first. They do, they toge- do, together, they, together. Do they the do? But I'm like, good. I'm
2: saying, if you're taking one of them off the court for rest and the other one's not there, those are like, I feel like Jay Rich and. Tobias are going to play a big role because both of those guys are, are, are Jay Rich has a motor. He, he doesn't get tired. He's he's he plays defense. He can o- hit open shots. He can create for himself. Maybe not to the an immense level of like a like it a still or, Yeah, but he can create. He's he's got a mid range. We've seen him do pull ups. We've seen him whole nine yards Tobias. Same thing. Maybe not the defense of J. Rich, but he's not you're not going to beat him every single time. He's not Furkan fucking Korkmaz. Like he he can play and he can hit open shots. And I think they both fit with both players really well if one of them are just out there. So, like but that it's also about staggering minutes really well.
1: My thing is I had to look up the numbers cuz I don't I don't know them so I could be way off here. But I don't think Furkan corkmaz is that much I know he's a very streaky shooter, and he can be very hot from the three-point line, but I I don't think he's much better than Alec Burks from three-point line.
2: I don't think he I'm on it. I'm on it. Alec he's Burks, not, he's right?
1: Alec Burks was putting I'm up 18 on points of clip right, in so Golden not, State. Not only like, can Alec Burks create his yeah. own shot, handle the ball, which furcon Corkmas cannot do, either of those two things. Alec Burks is not a great defender by any means, but Fercon Corkmaz I don't think he could guard you, Gint. So Yeah, well, I'm really good. Yeah. <laughs> <so. laughs> <laughs> um, so I just I don't get Alex Burks is 37%
2: from three What's Mas? Yeah I'm just getting on that Sorry A little, A little slow A little slow This I, season? Yeah What's This season we're this going season. 39% for Alex Burke From 3.1 39 Oh no 32.7 30, With the Sixers 32.7 oh, He six shot six. with okay. the Sixers Korkmaz shot
3: 39% Yeah 39.7
2: But if we're including What he did in Golden State He shot 37.5 Yeah
0: it's the same. Oh,
1: Golden and he State, can do yeah, he way. A lot and he State can do way more. And I'll even go as far to say as obviously when the game on the line, you know, if Shake's hot like if Shake's playing well, you throw him out there with J Rich and Toby and Ben and Joel. But if Shake's not playing well that game, Alec Burks is an option you can throw out at that point guard spot who can handle the ball, combo can create bro. his own he's shot. Yes. Bro. And like, I just don't see like the love Brett has for Furcon. I know. He's a
2: development guy. This is what he fucking does. He's got yeah. a player for more than three seasons and he's like, oh, you're my man. I have trust in you. Exactly. Especially, no, especially no. last
3: year when he just kind of like started shooting better.
1: Yeah, and like he puts happened. so much trust in these guys and he feels like that's. I definitely Whoa, wait, understand. Dude, that. you're forgetting a key part in his game. The floater in the paint.
2: Oh, my oh God. God. Like, yeah, don't, don't even. <laughs> yeah, don't even. If you shoot a
0: floater and you're in the NBA, I
2: I don't get. If it. you shoot a floater and you're over
0: the size of six <laughs> three, you're an that. asshole. I I shoot floaters. on five ten. That's a large difference. Then uh, if I was in the, uh, I'm not even gonna get into it because I'm not in the NBA. But it, like, so
1: so we're all in agreement as to that that's the nine that we want to see run. So I think we're all we can all say that Mike Scott has found his way to the bench as well.
2: No absolutely doubt. no doubt I, I can't believe it I Not forgot he close. was on the fucking team
1: I just put it's the same Wait. thing with Brett where I don't even know if I'll be surprised no in way one of the substitutions there's you no see him coming in way. at the four I don't know if I'll be surprised I would be did you see, see? well okay. the eight here, yeah, put it put it this way the eight games well, you're going to see all these guys so who yeah. are the who, no, do you, no who do all right let's, I'm talking playoff we're talking time playoff, so after yeah. the eight are over
2: that's got to be the nine okay so we know there's nine we're yes. going with a nine-man yes. lineup, probably. That's we that, know. Yeah. We know the five. Well, let's go. Who, who are your four?
1: One In by order. one, D- yeah, off the Al, bench. Thibault, GR three, GR three, yeah. and Burks. Dang. A flip flop. Yeah, yeah. the exactly it will
0: like, yeah. all be yeah, like different. Exactly. Obviously, different timestamps. Yeah. Foul trouble. This that. Yeah. So yeah. the first guard off the bench, I think, would be Matisse. Has to be. It will. I be. It, will be. it has be to be. It should and be. Obviously, Horford would be the first big off the bench. Yes. The rotation he was running was, to uh, the first sub he made was Al and Matisse. They were both at the same time, but yep. it was he yep. was keeping Simmons, Horford, and Embiid all in the court together. But it wasn't a long time stamp till Embiid checked out. But they were on the court together at the same. time. I am like Curious to see how much that will be a thing. But the thing what? was, I feel and, like and Matisse yeah. was on the floor, so that was like. Not a lot of it was yeah, like not a lot. What of we offense. were trying to avoid. I felt like we're not trying to have a we're, cluster. I feel like it, we're also Al is coming in <laughs>
2: off the first substitution. It's you need to go. immediately put Ben or yeah. Embiid off because you just yeah. you, if you throw that lineup with Matisse out there who isn't a consistent shooter yet, and you have Al and you have Embiid all just clustering that fucking paint. Yeah, you, you're you're gonna lose that offensive chemistry off bat if you're gonna take if you're gonna sub in a big and Embiid needs to come out and that's yeah. when Ben starts running the show and he. becomes Comes first option as the point guard the
1: thing i forgot about that we're not discussing though is and obviously that could change with how furcon's playing but brett throughout that secondary lineup that he was running a lot with of in Kork-Miles. practice and lo- and said he liked it a lot and cork Moss was a part of that that's fight. why it's scary yeah that's why i i'm 100 with you snap i alec burks is the right move furcon cork Moss is going to be brett brown's move and i just i i, I don't know why is it possible that you see a ten man rotation?
0: Yeah, that's definitely possible. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, no Especially absolutely. with the small amount, you're playing small amount of games at a small but amount of But to me,
1: then if you do that, Furcon Korkmaz has to be your tenth, getting he very will be. limited minutes. He will be be I don't know if he will be. 10.
0: What do he be higher than I
4: ten?
2: You think so? I'm no, you. he will be. He will be ten, is what he's saying. But he's not saying he's the tenth man. He's gonna be like the seventh yeah. or eighth yeah. or not. Yes, yeah. you know that situation. I think you're would
1: gonna suck. see him and, Al, him and Al coming off the bench together in the substitute. If there's a ten man rotation
3: he needs to be the 10th guy and he needs to be getting, getting limited, limited, minutes. limited minutes. Yeah, I mean, that just And how he comes in and, and hits two threes for you? I feel like it's not even like an argument, like, Burks is just a better fit for this team than. He's the Maas- better, bet- basketball basketball just a better basketball player. Well, yeah, especially in the he's playoffs. He's been in the too. league like, forever. Doing?
2: He's twenty nine. He's a vet. He played on Utah all them years. Toronto, Cleveland. When we South- got it
3: from the Warriors, it, like everyone was happy. i yeah.
2: I was like, yeah. we just got
0: these dudes it for garbage, garbage. Was, yeah, He was literally balls.
2: averaging sixteen points a game. Like shooting eighty nine percent from the free throw line. Got to the free throw line like, f- like four times a game. Shooting 37% from three on f- almost five attempts a game he, like he's doing the same thing as Furcon, but he can do more He can just do more like I just think in the eight that's games gonna fuck us. <laughs>
1: <God>. <laughs> the eight in these eight games look obviously you like I don't know how you guys feel I know Tyrone a couple weeks ago said he doesn't really care about the seeding who we play in the first round So I don't know how you guys feel about how many they need to win etc I think more, and more importantly than winning in the eight games, is getting your rotations down, getting your chemistry back mm-hmm. together, and that's another thing about how this bubble is done, dude. They seem close now. It, like before, they didn't. There was a disconnect in the locker room somewhere. I know they joked around. I don't think a they lot. had a lot
2: of time together. Almost they didn't because
1: Joel is very secluded when he's not on the floor. He's very he's Joel is. He just
3: likes playing video games yes. all day. He's barely in Matisse's vlogs. Ben <laughs> hangs out <laughs> yeah. with Ben
1: hangs out with Christian Crosby. All Car-Carlsby of his appearances and, and are great though. <laughs> ben hangs out with Christian Crosby and the photographer a lot. Ben doesn't really. Uh, you never see posts with him out with like Toby or J. But that's any just who they
2: are. They're reserved people, and that's okay. Yeah, I, I know, and but. Joel, actually, I, I keep referencing this pod. There was like a f- this this the one podcast the writes to Ricky Sanchez. They had Embiid on for like fifty minutes, almost an hour. Like, and they were saying that he, he like a, a guy like Tobias. He said is like a big part of their chemistry right now because he's the type of guy to set up dinners and bring guys yeah. together. And it, like Embiid's more of like, all right, I'm going one hundred and twenty percent in practice so like they're almost taking different roles in leadership so you got like and beat in practice making guys go hard because he's going hard we saw the one clip of the one practice when they first got down to the bubble he's chasing for an out-of-bounds ball yeah. in practice like i love that during a scrimmage and then he's saying tobias is the type of guy to bring everyone together like oh we're going to dinner tonight Everyone be there, like that's what I like. And going back to what you're saying, you see all these guys fishing together, yeah, they're all bored of shit, so they're all doing shit. He says he loves it, yeah, him and Ben and j- j- yeah. Kylo hey. Quinn. I i honestly love Kylo Quinn. It seems like Kylo Quinn brings a lot of these guys together. So they were
0: mentioning that all over the podcast, Kylo, yeah. Kylo Quinn's just been this glue that you didn't expect, but it's literally, he said they bring everyone together. It's, Kyle Quinn and Tobias Harris were the two that it was that sideline reporter lady. I a fucking 10-year max for like <laughs> 500,000 <Yeah>. a <laughs> sandwiches. That video of Matisse yeah. on the that
1: That's what I was so saying. Good. Before, those were the all, the I feel like those were the yeah, only like the times you saw them joke around together where those videos of Toby and Matisse and Kylo Quinn messing around. Other than that, they were very secluded people. I think this, like being forced to basically live with each other, now has just, I feel like no distractions
2: them. either. Yeah, I, it kind of yeah. like Ben isn't living Hollywood life. He can't. And Bede isn't being like, and Bede was kind of doing that too. Not in the, its biggest sense, as it? As, as Simmons, like Simmons is going to LA and shit. He's got a just yeah. got a reality tv star girlfriend at one point like and has got like this model girlfriend and like he loves playing video games so he's not of course he's not out with the boys like that's just what you do so i understand it and i completely agree with you now they are like forced to hang out like yeah you can play video games all day but you can't
3: you can't play them Twenty hours, no. a day. Like the restart was really the greatest thing that could have happened to Sixers. It really it was. It really was. It
1: really was. Our it,
3: optimism was not high at the no. end of this season. And now, oh. now we're talking about everyone. There's, there's an
1: episode if you guys are listening and haven't listened to it yet, oh. called Sixers Woes by me and Snap. I think it was like our third or fourth episode. No, that was bad. It's a goodie. It's really it bad. is a goody.
3: it's very <laughs> explicit. It's very snap.
1: That. Snap was not having it. Like,
3: I think I, I was there for that one. I yeah,
2: yeah. Um It was like a few episodes in a row, honestly. It was just like stretching
1: snap. over like three. Yeah, a lot episodes. Of snap. Right. So <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Um LeBron's the bronze ago. No.
0: <laughs> no. So go again. Real quick, who do you think scored the first basket in the bubble if you had to guess right now? It's been, oh, it's been oh, who is it's it? been scored. Guess.
2: Zion, it's uh, no, not Zion. It's the Pelicans and Jazz. Yeah. It's gonna be someone no one fucking guess. It was Gobert. Yeah, yeah, the guy that
0: ah! put, the, put the league out of commission.
3: Dude, scores I the first basket in the came full fucking circle. I love it. <laughs> Should have said it. <laughs> All right, go ahead. What was that score? I'd
0: love to just bring that up. Probably
3: like plus 900.
1: What's that score? It's not it's even up for me yet. 2-2. Just, uh, just started 30 seconds. Um, okay, in. so yeah. Tyrone had mentioned like, how Brett's uh, offense is very democratic. Of course democratic.
2: it was Gobert. I can't get over it. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. How Brett's offense is very democratic, and everyone gets a vote, and everyone gets a shot. Hopefully, in playoff basketball, you don't see that. And it's Joel getting the majority of the shots, and then Toby, and so on and so forth. Who is your guy's X-Factor for this team?
2: Go first. Now uh, you can go first.
0: Uh, uh, it's X-Factor, which yeah. is like... In terms of X factor, I'm saying you're yeah. Set you, up the parameters of X factor for us. Are we? Because obviously away. you have to have Ben and Jwell, and you're going to get yes, Ben and to get the those.
1: What other parameters? The what do we the mean by X, X factor into this team being If, it's not, if it's not like ben, an individual it, player In and
3: Embiid, it's probably Toby, right? if It could be King, Al
2: Horford coming off bench, Toobie, being that backup center. If just that, any X factor, yes. that one player, just any one thing, yes. then it's Ben Simmons' fucking jump shot. How high of a percentage and how many he's going to take a game. If he's shooting 35% on a two and a half t- takes a game, this team is different. And B can sit in the post, pass out on double teams, spread the ball around. If he passes out to the shooter outside and they close on him, you just work it around. The team is completely different, and they can actually play uh, half court basketball out, in the playoffs.
1: Outside of the two superstars, outside of Ben and Joel, what's the what's the force? But that force, was good, though. I do agree. Yeah, with I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. With you. What's the force that pushes this team past? What's the force? Yes, player, whatever. Brett Brown. You, what,
2: the easy, the easy go is 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 obviously tobias but it's is it, tobias going to be the offensive weapon we thought he was is he going to average 19 20 a game close to it but if we're really going also on i think it, it's al it's there's like three guys you could say you could say is al going to be consistent off the bench could you say to is matisse not going to play like a rookie and hit open shots when he's on the floor while still locking down like I'm going to go Tobias, though, and it's kind of like the easy, no-brainer answer, but if Tobias is shooting, like, almost 40% from three, and he's just offensively, like, what we've seen of him, like, LA Clippers Tobias, like, almost all-star Tobias Harris, averaging almost 20 points, 20 points a game, making, like, hitting open shots, playing well, taking it to the rack, and he's playing, like, an all-star, like... You got a, you got three all-stars and a lot of teams don't actually even have that if we're really being serious like everyone said in the beginning of this year it was the it was the season of duos we we're, were one of the only teams that you could arguably say trio. doesn't have a tr- duo they have a trio yeah. so it's for the the, the the like the least appealing answer and the obvious answer for X factor is definitely Tobias Harris
0: I'm yeah. going to go Al Horford like yeah. Dill said I we need to have a relief for Embiid not to have to play the well, that thirty-five to, minutes. Not to cut
1: you off, but that was the biggest issue when Embiid wasn't on the floor in the Toronto series last year. They were butchered, and I understand they had Boban and Greg Oden as coming off the bench. Greg Monroe. Greg Monroe. I don't know why. I just say <laughs> Greg, <said> Greg <laughs> Oden. Both bums. Yeah, but and I like I understand that, but and that's a big drop off. But when he wasn't on the floor, dude, what, what was there in plus-minus? It was a. Tr- it, was it was really, bad. really, was really bad. like historically bad. So, to me, like, not only the—
2: That the, also included Jimmy not being on the floor, too.
0: Yeah. Just, I think we're we're going to get, just by taking shots alone, Tobias is going to get us 20 points a game. Because he's going he's gonna, to—you've seen these scrimmages. He's getting so much isolation time, which I love it, because he's isolating. Yeah. Ben's in the dunker spot, and it's working really well. It's working really well. But Al has to give us some type of break from him. It's—, it's We can't win if he doesn't. We physically cannot win if he doesn't. He he shot the ball all right in these scrimmages. He looks in better shape, kind of. He's moving a little bit better laterally. So I think that's really important. Everyone on the team looks in shape. I think that's very big credit to all these guys that they didn't just sit around during quarantine because they all look – Kylo Quinn, like, he looks the same, but he's not really going to play. I don't think he was prepared to play, but – Everyone else looks great.
1: But th- that's my point, and the reason I choose Al, too, is because if you get to that Milwaukee series, which I think we're all hoping and expecting for with this team, um, to finally get over that hump, they have so many. If this is the Al Horford that played def- that played playoff basketball for the Boston Celtics, you have so many pieces you can throw at Giannis. He never—Joel, Al, Ben. Some, you have one of those go on him at all times. He never gets a break.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I totally think agree. that
1: I think that is so undervalued. When if Joel Embiid's off the floor and Giannis is playing th- thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight minutes a game or plus, it, you have Al Horford to come off who has him up, and you have six ten Ben Simmons that you can throw at mm-hmm. him too. But what
2: do
3: you think? I was gonna go with Toby just because we've seen so many games with Toby yeah. just missing open <laughs> jump shots and like. At that, that one point, what did he go? Like 0-4, 20-2? Oh <laughs> you remember that? That's oh what I mean. That's, no, that's the thing. If Toby can hit his open jump shots and be the player that we signed him to be, everything will go smoothly. I and think that's a team Toby, but you're right, though, You are right about I do agree the, with If he, a gives, point us, is right. if he yeah. gives us valuable so minutes Toby, off the but bench. I
1: think the, to add to your guys' point about Toby hitting shots and being consistent, to me that goes back to the conversations we've had before of the team as a whole shooting consistently.
2: But he's right. the best. He he got hundred and eighty yeah, million yeah. fucking
3: dollars, quote to unquote, in open 3s quote unquote, overpaid to uh, Tobias Harris. If he <laughs> if he hits his jump shots, we will be completely if Tobias fine. Tobias
2: Harris can play like J.R. Smith was on the Cavs. Right? Who's our J.R. Smith? Who's our? Who's it needs our to be Fred Toby. No, if, if, but like, but that's what I mean. If he can play like Fred Van Fleet did last year, or J.R. Smith did when he was on the Cavs when they made that comeback run, he needs to hit his open shots. And I get the owl point, but the difference between al and toby is toby's going to be almost playing 30 minutes a game al is probably going to be playing less than 20 depending on depending on how many minutes you're going to give to him beat in the playoffs so it it comes down he is signed to be our second third option scoring if you're missing open threes that kills chemistry it fucks us up if he has a bad game there goes our second or third best scorer out of the game You cannot afford to give that up. When you see championships make runs and they have duos or trios... The second guy doesn't miss open shots. Look at when Kyrie and LeBron are on a team. I know these are top tier guys. I'm comparing him to, two, but Kyrie's not missing an open three. LeBron's not missing an open three. Go to Pascal and Kawhi Leonard. They're gonna they hit open shots when they needed to. Yeah, like yeah, you're gonna have a you're gonna need a Fred Van Fleet type player to step up big time. But when it comes to your two best players scoring wise, they need to hit open shots. This this it, the, like this this needs to be. This is
1: what you got paid to do. I just I think another aspect too that. We're not. We're not speaking on. Is like two years ago when we lost to Boston, and even year, I understand we had the starting five, but we had no one on the bench. I think the beautiful thing about this team is, if Ben, especially you know if Ben's game translates now, um, and Joel's superstar is, and Toby. The beautiful thing is, if one of those or two of those guys are off, you have two more guys in your starting lineup, of Shake Milton or Josh Richardson, who are capable of dropping twenty to thirty on you at any night not that cuz they they're the fourth and fifth option in this lineup. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but I'm saying if if so, at any given night they have the capability of dropping 20 to 30 on somebody.
2: Yeah, but Tobias has to be dropping 28 night. No, no, I know. Yeah. yeah that's what you mean. But like,
1: I know, but I'm talking about the overall depth. Like 2 years ago against Boston, we didn't have that. Last year outside of the starting five, we didn't have that. Even Alec no, you're right, off the You're bench, right, you're right you're You right. had the depth now. To where there's enough scoring that can go around that if Joel's off for a night or Toby's off for a night in a playoff game and a game You can't you don't want to drop you have these guys that can drop 20 25 30 points on you
0: uh, Let me ask you guys this because we talk about how Who's gonna start and it was such a dilemma on who was gonna start? Who do you think is gonna finish games? because Oh, you can have Al finish games because he's very, very good defensively. You can have Shake finish games. He's like a questions. combo guard. And we don't we don't have that much time left, but it's just a quick. Real quick, real obviously quick. Obviously, you're going to have your main your five. I think you're obviously going to have your main four. Ben, yes. Joel, 100%.
2: Tobias, Josh Richardson. You might. Give your five right now starting with Dylan. It's those Go.
1: four. And then um, I'm going to say Al.
0: It's definitely situational. I'm yeah, going to yeah, say okay, Al yeah. as well. It's, it's, I'm, situational. I'm say Al it's as well. situational. If you need a bucket, if
3: you if need a bucket games, at the end of the
1: game, it's not Al. It's Shake. It's shake. Yeah, if you need yeah. to stop, it's Al. They're going big.
3: Hundred percent situational. Yeah. Yeah. What
0: if it's tied? It's like.
1: But wait. I'm I'm wait. Also, it's also
2: situational when it comes down to who's the biggest scoring option. Coming down to scoring options. If it's against Milwaukee, big time late game bucket. Al's in. If it's against the team with a Jason Tatum, Tobias is in. Or not Tobias. Matisse is in. Matisse right, over Shake. Okay, hold on. Hold Matisse on. over Al. because That's if what you're, I'm saying. You would put it, but, Matisse in over Shake? Yeah, because if there's if you have No, to do no, that, no, no, no.
1: Over Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Over, over, over both of them. Yeah, yeah. because He's if, you have, have if you have a wing
2: player, a scoring wing yeah, player yeah, you like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you're playing the Celtics late yeah. game and you're on offense and that doesn't yeah. go smooth, you need a Matisse in yeah. there to stop them guys.
1: And he will. All right, let me ask you, real quick, before we wrap up, and I also want to say, let's go Flyers before we wrap up, too. But um if if you need a bucket, do you want to see the ball Embiid. in the 12. post? Embiid. It's not Embiid.
3: a corner Just don't Embiid. even finish. Just 12 draw 12. 12. 12. 12. it. Draw
1: it. Draw it. Ben Simmons corner three. No, 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 no. Is no. It's no. Never if been we the win a no. game with a corner
3: three out of a double team of Ben Simmons, I you promise so you, I'll run down the
2: street. He literally got giddy like a
3: schoolgirl.
1: So did I. But I will run down the street butt ass naked. It's not there. It's double teamed. You can't go there. My my point was I was getting to. Listen, no, no, no. <laughs> I was my my question was with Toby being that max player, would you be upset? Obviously, I want the ball in Jo in JoJo's hands too at the end of the game. But would you be upset if yes. it was Toby in isolation? Yes, yes,
2: absolutely.
1: Are you kidding me? Joel Embiid is the best center in the game.
2: One of the best scorers in the league. I don't give a fuck if he's triple team. Get that ball in the <laughs> bucket.
1: All right, before we wrap up, everybody. <laughs> Go follow us on Instagram. Snap. What's our Instagram? Uh, at Faithful at Fans. Faithful
2: fans. PH. PH. No, at Faithful, at at faithful, faithful Fanatic. It's our Twitter, which is at Faithful Fans. Um, you're listening right now. If you're first time listener, hit subscribe. You can find us on YouTube. Just Google our name. Same shape. And we got some really cool stuff coming out <laughs> yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, very much so. We're going to do a games. lot of post-game recaps. NBA, MLB, NHL,
1: I think. So definitely yeah. follow us on our Twitter and Instagram for our live videos yes, after those games. Yes. Also, let's go Flyers beat the Pens 3-2 to in their scrimmage Back, and they look like yeah, they haven't missed a beat. Oh, we're we're going to get the Flyers once, once they get into the playoffs. And if First anyone... round robin game is Sunday against the Boston Bruins for seeding.
0: Easy yeah, money. Not Please. at 2 p.m.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Six or Saturday night. Be there. Be square. Let's go, baby. We is